Hey, Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stenhouse, and this is the Inside Property Investing Podcast. You are in the right place if you are an aspiring or existing investor looking to build a portfolio and a property business that works for you. And from this podcast, you're going to learn from all of my insights and advice from over a decade in the industry, as well as the lessons learned from hundreds of other successful investors. So you can listen to what worked for them and avoid what didn't. I hope you enjoy today's podcast and whatever you're up to today, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. I'm just coming out of my uh, little Christmas, New Year hibernation slumber. I've been up in Scotland for a couple of weeks at my folks' house with Victoria and our little girl hanging out with family and eating all the food and watching all the Christmas films and, and doing all that stuff. So I just want to start off by wishing you a massive Happy New Year, whatever you've been up to, whatever holidays you celebrate. I hope you had a good little break whilst everyone else shut down and you're feeling refreshed and ready to go for the year ahead. Now, this is uh, a new year focused episode. I'm not talking about goal setting today, though. Um, I I went a little bit off piste and wanted to focus on something that, that came into my life, an exercise or uh, an activity that I first kind of came across about 12 months ago that had a big impact on my 2023 and something that I will continue to do going forward, setting an intention for the year rather than a resolution or goals. And I thought I'd share that process with you and share a bit about the impact that it's had on me and hopefully give you some inspiration, some ideas about how it maybe can impact you and what your intention could be for 2024, not necessarily to replace goals or your goal setting process, but to sit alongside it. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, like I say, it's it's had a massively meaningful and profound impact on, on me, both from a personal point of view and uh, a business perspective. And I hope it does the same for you. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm glad to be back in the podcast seat behind the microphone for 2024. We're not far away from episode 400, which is just mind-blowing. That will be our next episode. And I got Something exciting planned for that as well. So make sure you come back and check it out. If you're not already subscribed to this uh, podcast, go and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episode 400 or any of the others that we've got planned for this year. But like I say, happy new year. I'm thrilled to have you here. I'm thrilled that we've got an exciting 12 months ahead of us in in the property world. The market looks like it's going to throw some, you know, some exciting opportunities our way. So I hope you're ready for them. Uh, So sit back, relax, enjoy today's episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Life is far from linear. It twists and turns like a mountain road and is, in the main, entirely out with our control. I was watching a DVD about the band The Eagles over Christmas. Yes, I said a DVD, and yes, that's the band from the 70s. And one of the band members referred to the story of the band at the time that they were coming together his recollection of events as this series of chaotic accidents that were happening all around them, but when looking back now, seem like a perfectly constructed novel. And I love the idea of our life as a series of chaotic accidents. To think that we can control or avoid the impact of the actions of six or seven billion other people on the planet, 
plus weather systems or financial markets or anything like that is ludicrous. So instead, all we can really do is set a direction that we would like to move in and respond to problems or those chaotic accidents as they arise. And it's those responses that set us off on a new path or in a new direction, and the cycle starts all over again. There's an element of control there, but a lot less than we give ourselves credit for. It's why when we sold our house five or six years ago and moved our lives onto a sailing boat, whenever anyone asked me what our plan was, I just kind of shrugged. Selling the house was clear enough, it was already sold. Moving onto the boat seemed pretty likely as the purchase was progressing and we were doing logical things like putting our stuff in boxes and putting those boxes in a moving van and setting the sat-nav for La Rochelle in France where the boat was being launched. But beyond that, who really knew? We certainly didn't foresee a summer of snagging issues that first summer with the boat manufacturer that entirely scuppered our plans to cross the Atlantic. Nor were we prepared for the finalization of Brexit and the impact of that on travel through Schengen zones, or a global pandemic, or a positive pregnancy test. So even if we had set a plan, it would quickly have become redundant. But what we did have was a vision an idea of what we wanted to achieve and what success looked like to us. That was time spent traveling in warmer climates than Stockport, continuing to run our business without needing to be physically present. Everything else we could figure out as we went. Then when we moved back to land life at the end of 2022, it was time for an entirely new vision. We had had our adventure chapter. That chapter was closed. We now had a baby to look after and a business that, whilst it was sustained during our trip, probably hadn't thrived as much as it could have done had I been back in the UK focusing on it full time. It was around that time as well that I was introduced to the idea of a word of the year or an intention for the year rather than setting New Year resolutions or goals. It's a process that helps you create a vision for your actions and feelings throughout the year rather than setting a series of goals that may be out of your hands. So my intention for last year, for 2023, was to reset. Reset became my word of the year, my word of 2023. I knew that being back in the UK full-time would get my feet itchy for growth in the business again. I've always had this visionary role where I like new ideas, I like trying new things. But before jumping in, I was also aware that things would look different this time around versus my life in the UK prior to going away sailing before our daughter came along and flipped everything upside down. It's something I'd encourage you to think about for 2024 as well. It can sit alongside your specific goals and resolutions or perhaps even replace them. And it will give you a guide to the decisions and the challenges and those chaotic accidents that you're presented with over the coming 12 months. To give you an example of how that played out for me in 2023, with my intention to reset, I became open to any ideas that I thought would relax, rejuvenate, clear out historical baggage, or in some way prepare me better for 
my future of growth versus the past actions that I had taken and gotten into a habit of taking. And I want to share a list of some of those things that helped me reset over the past 12 months. This entire introduction so far was basically scripted or designed as a way to justify sharing this list with you. The whole reason that I wanted to do this New Year episode was to share some of these things that have had an impact on me over the last 12 months. Or not necessarily to share those things, but it's not so much about the specific things. It's about the fact that we can change our actions and we can introduce things. It doesn't matter what those things are, but that change and that willingness to try different things can set you off on a different path. And this list of things that I want to share with you have had a really positive impact on how I feel and how prepared I am for what lies ahead. But like I say, hosting a New Year episode that was just a list of more stuff for you to do felt a little bit self-indulgent or a little bit preachy. So it's not a list of suggestions for you. I don't want you to take this and say, oh, well, Mike said if I do X, Y, and Z, I'll reset and I'll be successful. Just take some ideas and some inspiration. Think about what I've given some attention to over the past 12 months, and hopefully they'll trigger some ideas for you as well, whether you want to reset or your word of the year is entirely different. So I'll start off with a couple of things from our business, and then I'll move on to what has had an even more profound impact on me, which are some of the things that I focused on to help me reset from my personal life as well. From a business, I think it's no surprise that we sold some properties last year. If you've listened to the podcast, if you followed us on social media, we have shared the process of selling several, I think three or four properties over the course of the last 12 months. And we did that quite intentionally. We did that to restructure the portfolio. We did that to focus our efforts on the highest cash flowing assets within the portfolio. We did that to really allow us to streamline and focus on where we think we will see the biggest benefit over the future. Those properties had served as well in the main the time was right to sell them. Some people say you should never sell any properties in your portfolio if you can. And we made an intentional choice to offload some of the properties that have fed us and kept a roof over our heads for many years. But that was the right decision for us. And reviewing your portfolio, I think, is an extremely powerful thing to do, something that we should all do regularly. And one of the opportunities that it may present is the opportunity to sell some of your assets to allow you to move on to new things. The second thing that I focused on quite aggressively last year in order to help reset was to focus on our debt within the portfolio. We paid back quite a lot of investor capital that came in part from some of the properties that we sold. It came from some of our retained earnings in the business being used to pay down debt. And that doesn't mean we didn't take on more debt last year. We raised funds specifically to buy our latest purchase, the uh, the new project in uh, Stockport's underbank area, the kind of historic regeneration site where we did the brewery project, we raised investor capital to do that. And we will continue to go out and raise more capital this year for 
current and future projects quite comfortably. But specifically the debt that I wanted to focus on last year was, I suppose it ticked a couple of boxes. It, it, it wasn't the healthiest debt in the business. And it was unhealthy for one of two reasons. Either A, it was short-term finance that we'd taken from bridging lenders to see us through a short-term problem or gap in our company. And it was the right decision for us at the time, but we had an opportunity to get out of that. And I don't have any regrets about getting into that situation in the first place, borrowing money to do deals or to move projects forwards, but having the opportunity to get out of that certainly allowed me to breathe a sigh of relief when I look at the interest rates and the fees and everything associated with that. But the other reason was some of those investor relations had soured in part because of my action or inaction on my time on the boat. I wasn't the best investor partner to work with. And communications weren't always as frequent as they should be. And, you know, there were definite lessons learned from how I approached some of our investment over the years that I was out of the UK. My head, oh, well, I'm a safe pair of hands. I'm not going anywhere. We've got our team back in the UK and everything will be fine and our investors will get paid back. And thankfully, all of our investors have always been paid back in full. But in their head, hmm, I've not heard from Mike for a little while. Oh, he's supposed to send a monthly update and it's been two months. And, you know, simple things can become big problems when there's money involved and you say you'll do one thing and you don't do it. And then, like I say, that was a big lesson for me. So to move on from relationships where I had dropped the ball and to to reset our investment and get better terms and work with different investors was a great opportunity for me that cleared some you know, cleared some ghosts out of the cupboard. So that was something else, clearing out some uh, some less favorable debt, both kind of um, conventional bank finance and investor finance was a great process to work through. I'm sure our investors feel better about it. And I certainly do as well. The third thing that I really focused on from a business point of view was spending time thinking about what I want to focus on going forwards, how I want to make money in our business, who I want to help, the type of projects that I want to work on. Because I really believe that is a choice that we can all make to do things that we want to do. And the more we focus on what we want, what we're passionate about, what gets us excited, the more successful we will become as a direct result of working on our passion, working in our area of excellence. So I spent a lot of time thinking through what does the future look like? What are our income streams going to look like? How do we want the business to grow? Do we want to have a big team? Do we want to take on projects that mean that we're going to think about being on call more often in evenings and weekends? Or do we want to streamline it and simplify it? And all of these are choices that we can make, that you can make in your portfolio as well. And these choices will have long-term implications because property is a long-term game. So they were three of the things that I focused on this year from a business point of view. But what really had a big impact on me, like I say, was some of the choices that I made to reset in my personal life. And they started around about Christmas time last year before I had a really clear idea that reset was going to be my focus for 2023. 
First one came about as a result of getting pretty unwell in the run-up to Christmas. Uh, so Christmas 2022. And I got a bad cold or flu and went for about a week or two without being able to face caffeine. I was drinking two or three cups of coffee a day prior to that. Definitely noticed the impact on me when I didn't drink coffee and noticed some um, energy swings off the back of that. But, you know, didn't really think too much about it. And then had two weeks where I unintentionally detoxed from it and decided, well, let's just cut it out completely and see what happens. And it's been one of the best things that I have done, cutting out caffeine entirely. I've had the odd um, misheard barista giving me a cup of uh, caffeinated coffee. I'll still drink decaf because I enjoy the the kind of the, the process or the ritual of having a cup of coffee. So I've had the occasional cup of coffee uh, with caffeine this year as uh, barista has either chosen to miss here or genuinely misheard me. Uh, and, you know, I've been sitting there twitching, feeling my heart rate start to creep up and thinking, oh, God, I've been spiked. What am I going to do? But, you know, it's fine. You get over it pretty quickly. And um, yeah, that that lack of reliance on waking up and thinking I need a cup of coffee, that lack of reliance on post-lunch needing coffee to get through the afternoon, it has been, I, I don't want this to be preachy. It's just something that had a much bigger impact on me than I thought it would. The other thing that has had a big impact on me, again, it comes down to not drinking something, is cutting out alcohol. I've had a few drinks over the past year. I am not teetotal. I don't intend to be teetotal. Um, I will have a glass of something if I fancy it, but that has probably been one drink a month over the last 12 months on average. I went on a stag do, had a couple of drinks, and that was an interesting experience. But of the 20 odd people there, three of us weren't drinking. So that was nice. In our mastermind group, we have a, a, a quarterly retreat and we have a meal um, every uh, uh, during that retreat. And uh, I would say more and more people are not drinking at those events, which again is interesting to see. And the biggest thing for me was the impact that it had on my sleep regular consistent sleep has been a big focus for me especially with a little one trying to make sure that we get enough sleep so that I can be present and not agitated was you know something I wanted to be intentional about and when I was drinking even a glass of wine or a couple of drinks I would notice that my sleep quality would drop it would take me longer to get to sleep my sleep would be less restful I would wake up even like I say after one or two drinks with that kind of mild hangover feeling that you don't really you're not aware of if you're having a glass of wine every night with dinner but when you stop drinking you notice it a heck of a lot more and you realize that you're not at your best even after a drink or two so alcohol has pretty much gone out the window as well I mentioned more regular sleep. A consistent bedtime has had a big impact on that. I'm regularly in bed for nine lights out by 9.30 and getting up around 5 a.m., 5.30. Um, not always, you know, we have a two-year-old daughter. She doesn't always sleep well. That can impact things, but wherever possible, whether it's Tuesday night or a Friday night, I'm in bed, lights out, and uh, making sure I'm getting my much-needed beauty sleep because it makes a huge difference to how I perform uh, from a, a business point of view and it, it has a big impact on how present and how happy I am to be around my family as well. So bedtime uh, and, and making sure I get 
the, the right type, the right amount of sleep has been important. Fourth thing was exercise. I've been never been a gym buff. I've been an inconsistent runner. Um, I, again, last year I wasn't perfect with this, but when I could, I would run. When I ran, I felt better. Um, and it's something that I will continue on with this year to, to make time for exercise. If I make time for exercise, I get more than that time back in, in better energy levels and performance. And it's something that whether it's a 20 minute walk through the streets or you're training for ultra marathons, I don't care if I am healthier, my business is healthier. That's a fact. So in 2024, I'm going to continue that going forwards. I will be making an effort to become healthier, to exercise more consistently. And I know that I will have a positive impact on my business. Then some of these other things, I suppose, are, you know, they're, they're talked about a lot. You may have tried them in the past. Again, this isn't designed to be preachy or advice in any way, but things that I tried that I thought had a positive impact on me. Uh, I'm going to whiz through the rest of this list relatively quickly. Intermittent fasting. So having an evening meal, usually relatively early, about 5.30 or 6 o'clock because we've got a, a toddler. That's when she eats and we eat with her. And then after that, I don't eat again until the next morning. And I do try to push that back wherever possible. Now, I'm not an expert on intermittent fasting. I'm not going to give you a lesson here. They say 12 hours is the sort of kind of minimum to get benefits from it. If you can go up to 14, that's great. So, you know, from 6 p.m., uh, through until about 8 a.m. If I can go till 10 a.m., then, you know, I do that on occasion. But I did notice that that had uh, a positive impact, not snacking in the evenings and uh, trying to delay that breakfast in the morning. Um, you know, it's it's made, a, it's made an impact for sure. No screen time before bed. So getting into bed and not sitting on my phone. Like I say, I'm in bed 9 p.m. I'll try to read every day for about 30 minutes. I tend to do that in bed and I try not to. I'm guilty of doom scrolling like the rest of us. I can doom scroll better than anyone. I can waste hours randomly looking at cooking videos on Instagram or Facebook. I try not to do that though. And when I don't do that, I sleep better. I feel better. So no screen time before bed, reading every day for 30 minutes. Doesn't matter for me if it's fiction or nonfiction, um, but just giving myself time to unwind and, and cutting out that screen time in the bedroom. Another one that I know is going to be contentious is AG1. It's uh, a green powder for anyone who um, isn't familiar with it. Uh, it's a pricey green powder. It's about 70 quid a month for the subscription. Uh, there's a lot of content out there that says it's the best thing in the world. There's a lot of content out there that says it's complete hocus pocus. I'm not sure which way it is, but it makes me feel better having that routine in the morning, psychological or otherwise. Um, I like it. It's something that I have stuck with since probably July. And, uh, you know, whether it's a, a ginger and turmeric shot or AG1 or you're making yourself a fresh juice in the morning, feeling like you're starting your day off with something healthy, positive, it impacts my mind, if not my body. And that is super important. And then the final thing I've been less, this has probably been my least consistent one, but I do like it and I have noticed some, some benefits from it. Uh, start off with cold showers. Um, and more recently, I've had my first sort of cold plunge experience. Our next mastermind retreat is actually happening Thursday, Friday this week. 
Um, and we have, because it's January and we're doing a kind of a, a new year reset, uh, we have a, a team cold plunge planned in for the group. Um, last time I did it was just before Christmas. It was six minutes and six degrees. Um, it was pretty damn cold. And it's not so much about enduring cold water, but showing yourself that your mind is capable of some fairly impressive things, including putting yourself through very uncomfortable situations. And uh, yeah, knowing that you can, you knowing that your mind has the power to take something that could be very uncomfortable and make it perfectly tolerable has a big impact on how you can show up for business as well in difficult situations. So all of these things, although they're more from a personal point of view, again, you know, I think I've said it already, the healthier I, I am, the healthier I feel my business is. So I will be continuing with most of these well into the new year. My word for 2024, though, isn't going to be reset. My word is going to change for 2024 to responsible. Now, there's a big backstory to this and a lot of soul searching that went into me realizing that I have not taken responsibility for my life for a long time. I won't bore you with those details, but for me, 2024 is all about becoming responsible again, taking responsibility for my own success, taking responsibility for my family and taking responsibility for you and your success as well as a part of your story, your guide, your coach, your teacher, your friend, whatever you view our relationship as, I will be taking more responsibility this year to ensure I can do everything I can to support your own success in this world of property, whether you're just getting started or you're doing your 20th or your 100th deal. So hopefully there's some food for thought there as we embark on another lap around the sun. Conventional goal setting is still valuable and it still plays a huge part in my business. New Year's resolutions can absolutely be a good tool to use. But consider also introducing a word or intention to 2024 that guides you through the year and helps you make those decisions when those chaotic accidents happen. Things will not go exactly as you plan, but if you focus on your intention, you can still end up where you want. I hope you have a great day. I hope some of that resonates with you. I hope it's given you some ideas that you can go away and Google and explore and introduce into your own life. And whatever you're up to, have fun. I'll talk to you soon.